All right. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle, and I'm recording this at nearly 2 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday night, now Wednesday morning. First off, let me say, happy 420. Second, as the great sports ethos Dan Besbris always says, take some time to note the lessons learned. And tonight's slate of games offered a great opportunity to reflect on some of these lessons that we can learn and apply them moving forward. So let's discuss the action tonight and the aftermath of the Pelicans beating the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix and making that series a 1-1 tie. The lesson to apply here, as I've previously spoken about on this podcast, as I mentioned on Twitter, as I mentioned in the Sports Ethos Discord, is don't be afraid to bet on a team in their series price after a loss. Today we saw this with the Memphis Grizzlies. Earlier today, the Grizzlies series price was at minus 130. So $130 to win 100 if you were backing the Grizzlies, even though they were down 0-1 to the Timberwolves. The Grizzlies are still the better team, and I was still willing to back the Grizzlies, so I put 1.3 units on that minus 130 series price. Of course, they came out and won that game by 20. So now we're going to see that series price completely shift. I'm already seeing now for game three that the Memphis Grizzlies are the favorite on the road. So we know they're going to be a bigger favorite in the series again. And I'm likely going to take the Timberwolves in the series price and just lock in myself a profit right now. So don't be scared to play the series price. So now let's apply that to what happened today. The Phoenix Suns lost to the Pelicans. My thinking right away is don't be scared to play the Phoenix Suns series price before game three. Of course, with Devin Booker exiting with hamstring tightness, we need to make sure he's good to go. But once Booker gets cleared for game three, I'm going to be playing the series price for the Phoenix Suns. The second lesson that we learned today was the importance of paying attention to some live indicators and being able to access some live betting. Maybe even more importantly, have access to the betters that you trust, like myself, and what they're thinking about live. So I was posting all of my thoughts in the Sports Ethos Discord, so make sure you're in there so you can get access to the live bets, because the bets that I posted today went 0 of 3, but I ended up winning money tonight because I put in two live bets to hedge off the situations that I was originally on because I was like, wait a second, I'm seeing something totally differently and I want to switch where my money's at. So let me explain how this worked in real time tonight. The Atlanta and Miami game started and I was on the under for that game. It was at under 219 and I was also had heavy exposure on the Miami money line. So the first, the ball's tipped and in the first three and a half minutes, there was eight threes attempted. So let's think about this. And if you could just run some quick numbers and quickly look at the averages, you would know that Miami shoots 36 three-pointers a game. Atlanta shoots 34 three-pointers a game. You combine those and that's 73 pointers over the course of 48 minutes. So if we're getting eight three-pointers in three minutes, that's a pace for 128 three-pointers attempted instead of 70. And if teams are shooting that much, 
Obviously, shooting 128 three-pointers is really unrealistic. But in that moment, I was like, okay, the floor is probably 80 to 85 three-pointers attempted in this game. And if that's the case, if these teams are playing like that, um, I don't want to be on the under in that situation. When teams are live and die by the three, I'd rather have my exposure on the money line of the team that's not living and dying by the three. Ultimately, I think a team will die by the three. That's why the uh, expression exists in the first place. So what I thought to do was buy off the under, and I took the over at plus money because they weren't hitting their threes. The pace and the way that the game was being played wasn't being reflected in the odds yet. So the teams were missing. So I was able to get the over at plus money. So I took it over at 218 and a half. And I was on the under at 219. And I locked in myself plus money because I got plus odds on the over. And I had a normal minus 110 on the under. The game ended up going 220. And the people who were on the under really got the hook based on the way the last minute went. Uh, and if it landed out 219 exactly, I would have pushed on one bet and won the other, which would have been outstanding. But in general, because the team was being so reliant on the three-pointer, and because I had maximum amount of exposure, I didn't want to be only on the over. I wanted to get off of the over and just keep my exposure on Miami. The second lesson within the live betting lesson is to be able to hedge off of parlays. So I had the Phoenix Suns money line and a Phoenix Suns minus two and a half alternate spread locked into two different parlays tonight. And the other legs of those parlays had already hit when the Suns game started. And then in the first quarter, the Pelicans jump out to an early lead. And I was immediately like, oh, wow, the Pelicans actually might have a chance to win this game. Second, I thought I wanted to go to bed. I know it's two in the morning right now, so I didn't end up falling asleep. But I thought I was going to stop watching the game and go to bed. And I was like, I don't want to sweat this one out. I want to lock in myself profit. So I waited for the Suns to take an early lead. And I and I tried to line it up. And luckily, Mikael Bridges hit a three. And they took a one-point lead. And I got the Pelicans plus 310 live money line. So that was, I had, I had calculated it that I had 3.1 units to win two units based on the Suns money line in that game, based on my other parlays. It calculated to 3.1 units on the Suns to win two units. Just that leg was remaining. So I had to, that's what I was hedging off of. So when I got the odds at plus 310, I knew I could lay one unit to win back that 3.1 and lock in myself a one unit profit if the parlays had hit or just break even if they didn't. So at the time, I thought that was definitely worth doing. Again, it was a situation because I had so much exposure, I didn't want to let it ride. I was willing to open up myself a hedge opportunity and take a full unit's worth of profit. If this was just a single unit play, I wouldn't have done any of these things. If I was only on the heat under without being on the heat money line, I wouldn't have done these things. If I was only on the Phoenix money line, without having the other parlays already locked in to change the odds around for me, I probably wouldn't have done that. But you have to remember, you have to be aware of what you already have. You have to be aware of how the odds change based on what parlay legs have already hit. And you have to be aware of the pace of the game and the on-court indicators that might make you want to change your mind. So, 
it's important to have access to live betting, to watch how live betting changes throughout a game, to know when you are live betting, to try and only do it at commercial breaks, because there's a very good chance that you're if you're streaming, you're probably 40 seconds behind, and what you're seeing is a player or two behind the actual sports book. So you want to do it on a commercial break, like when Mikael Bridges hit the three with 522 left, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans called a timeout as they lost their second quarter lead, and that was a time for me to make that play. In a live-and-die, three-point game situation, hedge off of unders. In a live-and-die, three-point situation game, be on the team that can get to the rim at the money line or even at the spread. I mean, the Heat ended up covering the spread, and the game went over today. Because if the team goes cold, that's just living and dying by the three. Again, there's a reason why this expression exists. That eventually they die. And eventually they don't make their threes. And eventually they go cold. And eventually they have a few minutes where they're not scoring. And meanwhile, the team, the other team is getting long rebounds, running out on the break, and probably getting easy buckets because they're the more physical team that can get to the rim. And that's certainly true for this Miami versus Atlanta series. Okay, so that was what we saw today. Um, Memphis looks fantastic. John Morant looked fantastic. Quick word on John Morant. Dude, you're allowed to tweet during off days if you come to play like this. Like, there's so many people in his Twitter mentions saying, stop tweeting and go focus on your own series when he's tweeting about other games he's seeing. But, like, no. Let John Morant tweet about Kyrie so that we can get access to the great basketball mind of John Morant during these other games and watch him come dominate when he steps on the court. It doesn't matter. He's still able to watch these games. He's still he's probably scouting and studying these other teams while he's doing it. Let Ja be Ja. Grizzlies are fine. Okay, before I get out of here for today, let's quickly discuss my 420 card. First, I'm on Boston, minus 3. I got this at minus 110, and I put half a unit on it a few days ago. I wish I'd put a full unit on it, and I likely am going to increase my exposure. It's currently at minus four right now, and I wouldn't mind laying the minus four. But I think if I look at the statistics that FanDuel is reporting, they're showing more money coming in on Brooklyn. So I think there's a chance the line may drop down to 3.5 tomorrow. So I'm waiting this one out for now. I don't think it's going to go to 4.5, so I don't have to jump on the four yet because it might become better for me in the near future. But if we also look at the fact that FanDuel is reporting more money coming in on Brooklyn, and we see that the line has moved from plus three to plus four, that's our beloved reverse line movement. It's really fishy to me, and it tells me Vegas likes Boston in game two to win, and I am on that as well. So again, I will be adding exposure but I'm waiting this out as indicators show we could probably get a better line soon. So check back before tip on Twitter at AdvantagePod underscore SE. Or if you're on the Sports Ethos Discord, I will update with how I go about adding more exposure to this play. The second thing I'm on is Bucks minus 10, another minus 110 line, and I'm laying a full 1.1 unit to win one. We're not going to get this back down to 9.5 based on the numbers. So I'm willing to lay the full unit now at minus 110 for fear that it actually moves up to 10.5. I'm currently seeing 42% of the bets on the Bucks, but over 50% of the money on the Bucks. This becomes a system play, first round favorites, 
with higher money percentage than bet percentage. This is my favorite correlation of stats to play. Pair that with the fact that Alex Caruso was the reason why game one was close, and I'll take the Bucks to win handily, not ugly like they did in game one. I think the Bucks will cover this 10-point spread. I'm also on for Thursday. I'll point this out now. I'm on the Jazz minus six, and I really, really like this bet. This is another bet that's the Mavericks are live and die by the three. The Atlanta and Miami series and the Mavericks and Jazz series really reminded me of each other. The only difference is the Jazz don't have the mental fortitude of the Heat, but they have the much more talented team. They have the better coach. They have the physicality. They're bigger. They're better. And now they're home. To me, this is a situation where Dallas will ultimately need to shoot a lot of threes, but they're going to be on the road in a more hostile environment, giving the Jazz more more chances to plan for it and to have their role players thrive. I think this is a place where Dallas can potentially fall flat on its face, so I'm really looking to back the Jazz at minus six. I only have a half a unit on it right now, but this line isn't going to change, and I am going to add another half a unit, so I will be on Jazz minus six. I'll do it right now even. I'm going to add another half a unit. So I'll be on that for 1.1 to win one on Jazz minus six. And then secondly, I added a Miami minus two bet in Atlanta for game three. I know Atlanta's a great crowd for Thursday night, but Miami is so clearly the better team here. So I want to jump on this line before it has a chance to move substantially. I think this could actually move to like Miami minus four and a half, even on the road. Miami's the toughest team in the NBA, physically, mentally, all the above. So I don't think they're going to be intimidated by the away crowd in Atlanta. And Atlanta being down 0-2 and returning home after what's been a tough season, where the Hawks have been amongst the most inconsistent teams in the NBA, I see Atlanta needing a big lead in this one to not let go. So look for Miami to keep things close and then dominate the second half as Atlanta freezes up a bit. I want to be on on the Miami side and at just one bucket. I'm willing to lay half a unit already before this changes. Okay, so that's where all my head is at for now. I will be back uh, probably Friday or Saturday with another pod. And thank you for tuning in.